This is a prepaid debit call from an inmate at the correctional institution. To accept this call, press zero. So um, we really want to discuss mental health and what that looks like. Um, but as you know, I am no specialist in that area. Yeah, we ain't no experts. Though. Nah. So like I always like to... Uh, we always like to bring people who are actually providing something very um, informational and just like um, expert oriented. Because hey, uh, I I don't know nothing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, you guys hear that that uh, that good that good laugh in the background. And so we want to introduce to you guys uh, one of our very dear friends and um, and someone that we do consider um, an expert in the field of mental health. And I'll let her introduce herself. My name is Kendra. And I am a counselor. She's a counselor. She's a counselor. She's a licensed therapist. Is that, is yes, that correct? Yes, I am okay. a licensed professional clinical counselor. Oh, That's wow. lit. I graduated, came back to Cleveland. I did community mental health counseling. So I was actually in people's homes doing counseling, some case management, um, working with, at the time, primarily um, kids and, and teenagers and then their parents. And then I went to a psych hospital, and that's where I was seeing my private pay gotcha. uh, clients. And now I'm back to working with, like, the Medicaid, Medicare population. So, like, low-income, low-resource. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So you've seen both sides. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I guess, since you've seen both sides of what that looks like, uh, I guess what's kind of like a, what's a common denominator across the board, if there is one? So I'll say trauma, Mm -hmm. but so there's what's called big T trauma and little T trauma. Gotcha. So big T trauma is like, you know, uh, illness, right? Like somebody has cancer, somebody Mm -hmm. has died suddenly, you watch them pass or um, you've been in a a catastrophic accident or you live through like Hurricane Katrina. Like there was a lot of trauma, traumatized people that came out of that whole situation then you have little t trauma right yeah and that can look like um maybe not in your household right but maybe you uh, are really good friends with somebody and you see that they're being abused like verbally abused uh, uh, physically abused whatever and you take that on yourself like secondhand trauma right right gotcha. um people experience things in different ways right yeah. like mm-hmm. i could be standing next to you on the street and we could see a car accident and you might be like, Oh damn, like that's, that's, that's terrible. Crazy. I hope they're okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But I could see it and be like, Oh my God, I can just imagine being that person in the car and really feeling all of those emotions that that person might be feeling. Right. And so like we can have a completely different experience, right. emotional yeah. reaction to that. Um, and so a lot of people experience traumas that they don't even recognize or like they they can't call trauma because they don't know they don't have mm. the language to say like this is what this is um but a lot of people experience trauma and then that manifests in different ways so like maybe it's you know i saw something in childhood um i started drinking at a young age um but all my friends drink and like that's fine and, but then this continues and then this becomes a coping skill for me. So it could be, again, like the classic PTSD responses are, you know, like nightmares, right? Mm-hmm. Or 
um, hyper vigilant, like you are in a, a space and you're just so on edge because you're you're fearing that something is going to happen, having those flashbacks. Like it doesn't have to be that response to be traumatic. Yeah. You know, and if and if I could for a moment, man, um, you know, I'm t- I've typically always been someone that you know believed that I was um strong right like Mm -hmm. you know and when I say strength I don't I'm not really referring to my my physical but like I've always thought that I was a mentally strong person um there was a point in my life where I um mistakenly um you know or I just thought that I didn't have trauma Mm -hmm. and I thought that I was good and I was mentally healthy and that um you know I couldn't be affected in those ways right like I even I even began to believe that you know, nothing would ever affect me like that, right? That I would never have these flashbacks or these moments of PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of all changed, like, during my, you know, during the during these years in which I was really dealing with the law, right? Because um, I just remember that when, like, I remember that the first, like, moment of PTSD that I've ever experienced, right? Like, I was, um, I was sitting at, in, my ho- in my home, my childhood home, um which is uh, uh, where we're recording right now, right? And I remember that I was upstairs and like something happened outside where there was a really loud noise. I don't actually remember what it was. I think there was like a really bad car accident that happened outside, but I just remember hearing the the, the, the boom mm-hmm. and, and that boom really triggered me. Like, I mean, like I had never, I, I didn't even know that I was capable of getting triggered. Like, you know, like I, it triggered me and I just remember going into this, like what I, what I guess I could describe as a panic, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and it's like, you know, so the reason that that triggered me is because when I was arre- when I was arrested the first time for my crime, you know, for for the you know, when they when my case was going on, um, the SWAT team came in hard like they came in hard as hell. Um, oh, yeah. 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 You know, Caesar Caesar was actually my roommate at the time. <laughs> so he remembers they the, blew that bitch up. <laughs> he, he, he saw the aftermath of what happened. Like he actually came home and was yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck just happened to my house? Yeah. So, you know I was what a mean? teacher at the time. <laughs> my roommates dealing drugs <laughs> got the house raided and uh but that's what happened so like you know but i was in the house when they initially made like the move right and and so the first two things that they did was they threw explosives into the house mm-hmm. um and i and i heard the first of the t- of the two explosives go off and i remember thinking like what the fuck was that right like it was so like loud and so overwhelming that you know i was sitting there just really wondering what the hell it is but then the second one happened and the second one was even like closer to me. Like I think, but you know, they ended up being flashbangs mm-hmm. um, for the longest time. I thought they were grenades. Like, <laughs> that's really how loud it was. But my point is though, that, you know, I remember what that felt like, like that mm-hmm. fear, like this, like panic that I felt. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like here I go, like, you know, here I am like the person, the, the, the one guy I never thought would actually have to deal with this. You know, I'm being triggered by something and I know exactly why. Like, I know a lot of people don't have the privilege of knowing why, mm-hmm. um, Sometimes people don't know why they are the way they are. Or they don't realize that mm. there's certain aspects of their past that are still affecting them today. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I knew exactly why that was scaring me because it that's exactly what I thought of. I, I remember that day that I was sitting in this house uh, not knowing what was going on, but it felt like my house was blowing up. And, mm-hmm. and I remember feeling fear, you know, and like there was it was a fear that I had never felt before. And because it was a fear I had never felt before, it was new. And it had a lasting, a lasting impact that I didn't didn't think I'd have to deal with in the future. So yeah. just to hear you talk about this trauma and, you know, the little T versus the, the big T trauma, um, which I'm assuming is, is, is in reference to like capital letter, lowercase letter. <laughs> yes. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So, you know, but yeah, but you know, hearing that, um, 
it's really enlightening for me, you know, because yeah. I'm realizing like there are, well, of course there's levels to trauma, right? Like, right. You can't. right. And so like, I've been doing this for 10 years now. Right. So, Oof. um, in the beginning of my career, it was very, dif- it was much more difficult to separate out. Right. Like I would take home those cases and I'd be thinking about like, man, like I, you know, maybe I can, I can talk with them about this and, and we can work on this in this way. And then, um, but then they come in and they just have another layer Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's that vicarious trauma that you carry, Mm -hmm. that secondhand trauma where it's like. Like you were so excited to see them well. Yes. Yeah. You you thought you you thought you almost had a breakthrough. And then it's like you realize that there's something else. Yeah. And there's there's all of these barriers and all these things that they get in the way. And it's not necessarily, you know, always the client's fault. Sometimes it's the environment. Sometimes it's, you know, um, just legal system, uh, systematic things that are in place. Right. So. Um, it's it can be very challenging. It was very challenging for me early on to be able to separate those things out. And I had to kind of take a step back for myself and say, you know what, there are people uh, or clients or clientele or client issues that I know that I can only have so many of them on my caseload. Right. right. Or I know that, you know, if I'm going to see these particular cases, they need to be at a certain point in the day. Right. So that way I can I can. Uh, end my day with some clients who are lighter, um, you know, have some paperwork, have some my lunch afterwards so I can kind of decompress a little bit. So I'm right. I'm not walking that home with me. And so, I, I mean, you know, let me let me ask you a quick question. Um, How do you what are some self-care things that you do outside of therapy that um that maybe help with with this? I mean, because, of course, I know that you're about to answer from the perspective of someone that's also taking on all of these things. But. Um, maybe your answer could uh, could help someone out there that's maybe dealing with their own stuff. Yeah. So what would you say are some of your routines or healthcare um, or, you know, self-care? self-care. Yeah. yeah. So more recently, um, I've started reading again for fun. <laughs> Great. Um, so I'm right now I'm kind of on like a memoir kick. So I'm actually reading Billy Porter's book. Okay. Um, mm. Which is interesting. And he talks a lot about his own... Um, childhood traumas and like the way it's interesting it's i guess looking at it from a therapist but um just the way that again trauma impacts people like you can suppress it and then all of a sudden it's just like oh hey girl i'm here you know yeah um so i've been reading a lot i do yoga um i watch a lot of uh netflix (laughs) and things um my current my current uh binge is um scandal Okay. Because it's just so over the top and crazy that, yeah, like, yeah, you know, that was a good show. I was like, it definitely is. keeping up with it for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the first two seasons. I stopped watching it. I thought, yeah. When, once she got with, with the president, you know, I'm just well, like, she was always with the president. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, but she kept going back. I was kept like, I'm going done. back. I didn't like that. I'm like, fuck I'm this done. white guy. No. <laughs> I, not for real. I was like, yo, not you. Oh, come on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I do that. I, I had been, um, cooking a little bit like um doing um like home cooked meals from like i learned how to make alfredo sauce like that was something that from scratch yeah from scratch which is super easy but i have been buying it in the jars all all these Mm -hmm. years just like this is heavy cream uh, yeah yeah i I got you (laughs) (laughs) sees the chef over here everyone i hear you yeah so um (laughs) that's something as well i i try to be a little physically active like i have a dog not that large but um uh, my Makes dog is big. 
my dog is a little beagle and like i'll go out i'll walk with him um so you, you it sounds like you were doing like i won't say simple but like things for you yeah. like it sounds like things that like you either found enjoyment or trying to find enjoyment in doing something new or something that you weren't actively um, doing prior. Well, some of that you might be doing. Some prior. of it, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I think that a lot has to do with like you know, kind of prioritizing what yeah. you want to do. Exactly. Right, because there maybe maybe some maybe there's it's like picking up hobbies. Yeah, yeah picking up hobbies yeah. and like you know also but also you know figuring out like what it is that you want to do and then just kind of executing. You Simple know? things that make you happy. I did want to ask you, um, Kendra. You know, what would you say is the um, let me let me word this the right way. I know that you see a lot of people, right? You have a lot of clients that you see and you know and I'm sure it's very fulfilling when you when you kind of see them go through these breakthroughs, right? When you see them getting better, you know, you may you know, and of course you can only go by what they tell you in those moments, but um I'm sure you have moments where you 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 see a part a, a a client that you're like, "Man, this is they're really coming along," right? Um how often do you see that? Like, you know what I'm saying? And um even you know, it doesn't just have to be your case load, but even with like what you hear from other uh Right. Other people that do your team you do. that you oversee. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And and, um, the, and I'm asking for the people who may be I'm asking this for the people who may have their reservations about right. um, therapy or who maybe think they don't need it. Right. Um, right. Because in my opinion, I think everyone needs a little bit of therapy, mm-hmm. at least. Right. Um, some of us need a lot. Some of us need at least a little. Um, but we've all dealt with things that kind of affect us right. um, going forward. So anyways, that I'm asking for them. Yeah. So I, I think. Success is relative. Of course. Right? So, and I think that we see a lot of successes on a daily basis with the caveat that not everybody is going to look at this as a success, right? Right. So, for a person who, let's say, um, they've been afraid of the 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 virus they've been sequestered at home or you know because of themselves or because of other factors um they start counseling they're doing it over the phone right um and then they get to a point where they're comfortable being on video like that's a, that's a that's success, a success right? for them right? right um i have had long-term clients uh, and i the population that I've mostly been working with um, over the last few years has been substance use and recovery. Right, right. So that's it's for many, many people, it's up and down, right? So it's, uh, you know, five steps forward, 10 steps back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the ones who I've worked with who, um, you know, they push themselves to go to a 12 step meeting. Right. Or they they push themselves and they attend group every day, even if they're they're so anxious being in the room that they don't say anything, but they come, you know, they come, they listen. Um, Clients who, um, you know, utilize those coping skills outside of their uh, outside of therapy, like meditation, um, coloring books, you know, things like that. It doesn't always have to be. Oh, you you come to fifteen sessions and we've resolved this issue and great. Now we're gonna send you out the door. You're you're healed. Like it doesn't success <laughs> and healing doesn't look like that. Yeah. It's people think it's this linear line, but it really it's it's like a roller coaster. You know, there's there's ups, there's down, there's loops, there's backs, there's forwards. Um, Can't be predetermined. Yeah, and it, it it all depends. Like what are what are you coming into therapy yeah. for? What are you okay. looking for? Because again, that can't be defined by 
me or anyone else. Now I can, as a therapist, I can help you to say like, these are some things that we want to focus on. We want to focus on bringing down your anxiety. We want to focus on instead of drinking five days a week, maybe we cut back down to four, you know, um, you want to address some childhood issues with, with your parents. You want to work on communication with your, with your significant other, you know, the small victories, right? Right. And so what I'm hearing and correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, although those victories are relative mm-hmm. to the individual that um, is experiencing them, in most cases, you feel that it does work. Yeah. Every day. They're Every milestones. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That milestones, makes sense. Yeah. There is one look, look, before we like start closing out, because there's one thing that I do want to address. The reason we brought her on is because, you know, um, <clears throat> I think you had mentioned sc- scrolly, scrolly, scrolly notes. <laughs> No, um, no, like the the one thing that that as men we know is like yo men don't really seek out mental health, mm-hmm. um, and I, that's kind of like the main one of the main things or topics that I want to really want to touch on is because like it's it's it seems to be easier or like women are more inclined to look for help. Men aren't really like wired to look for help. Mm-hmm. If anything, they are helping, you know. Um, and I guess from your perspective, like, um. From the men do that do come in, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't even know how to ask this, but like, I mean, I'm sure it's helpful, but like, what's the what's the trend? Yeah, what's the pattern that maybe you're noticing with these men, right? Considering the fact that, um, you know, and and, and mind you, we we uh, we spoke to Kendra prior to this, right? But I remember Kendra mentioning something along the lines of, you know, you've noticed that men tend to come in over like a certain like an actual one event, one right? Like time. one specific event that that re- like you know, like you. I think you even mentioned the idea of like I just broke up with my girlfriend, right. and it's really screwing me up. Right. Um. You've noticed that women, on the other hand, come because like maybe everything is just overwhelming. They're going through a lot. Um. It's more general, or not more general, but it's just more. Um. Would more, you say that more women encompassing? Wi- well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, that women come in with a more encompassing idea of like their mental health, while men, on the other hand, are like this one thing is really messing me up. Right. So, um, first it, it kind of goes back to, I think a lot of times it goes back to just the way that men are socialized to communicate. Right. Like don't cry. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, um, be too soft. Don't, you know, whatever. So from a very, very, very early age, boys that grow into men, you know, they're, they're socialized to believe I can't show my emotions. I can't talk about my emotions because that makes me weak. And if I'm weak, then I'm a target, right? Yeah. Um, whereas women are encouraged to, right? Like, <laughs> get it out, girl. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah. Like, you're hurting, you're sad, you're 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 uh, whatever. Um, go ahead and talk about it. Like, talk about it with your girlfriends. Talk about it with your teacher. Talk about it with your mom, your auntie, you know, whoever. Right. So from a very very early age, that that separation already starts to happen, right? So as boys become teens and become men even I mean and y'all could attest to this better like looking back at you know middle school or high school how many of y'all either of y'all had conversations about like you know damn I really like this girl but I'm not sure and you know she she's she's playing around my heart and I'm just no, never. <laughs> yeah, exactly that's right, right? That's <laughs> so see that's the problem Caesar <laughs> Hey, right hey, 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 man. Look, look. I didn't set the rules. Bro. I didn't set the rules. I was just a victim of them. Right. 
Yeah, no, for sure. But like, you know, <laughs> girls, on the other hand, you know, we sitting in our in the classroom, do we pass notes back and forth? Like, you know, really diving deep into these feelings. He kind of winked at me, I think, but maybe he was just blinking. Like, did you see him? Do anything? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's funny. Guys, on the other hand, instead of passing notes, we'll just look at him and give him the thumbs up and make the silly ass face. Like, I'm in there. Go, like, go it. for it. And That's it's a it. fail. You, know, you ever seen your boys fail? Fail. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She got, she ready. You know, me. I feel like that. I feel like as a guy, things have always been more general, right? Like, like I was never too big on exp- yeah. expounding on something. Or like, when you really, said right. tugging my heart, I was like, yeah, I ain't, that ain't never come That's to my mind. Conversation yeah. like that doesn't come. And, you know, sense. And, and I gotta say, man, like you know, and this is gonna be a, you know, this perspective is just, is just mine, and and Caesar, I think, can attest to this. But like being Latino men, mm-hmm. um, you know, like of course, I know that this is the case in a lot of cultures, right? Like you can yeah. say the same thing about, um, you know, your Slavic men. You could say yeah. the same thing about black men. You could say the same thing, um, about uh, you know, Russian men. Like you know, like these guys. I mean, th- th- um, you know, these are just to name a few. But mm-hmm. overall, like guys have this really toxic right like you know what i mean um I way mean, of looking at the world because you're, you're molded to be made out of metal bro like exactly. if, if yeah. you really look at it you're supposed to be cold, cold. Right? not men- not not bendable or foldable right like you got to be just pushing through even when you're time. wrong even when you're wrong that's yeah especially like, when especially when you're wrong you stick <laughs> to your guns you know like yeah. i experienced this as a kid like i remember like as a kid not only was like you know, not only were like the men in my life raising me to be this way, but so were the women. Like, I mean, like my mm-hmm. mom is, you know, love her to death. But even she was even she was like a big like, listen, boys, don't cry. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be a big man. You're going to be a big man. And she wasn't wrong. Like, right? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and I'm six, I'm six, three, 280 pounds. Like, right. I'm a large man. Right. Um, and she's like, but yeah, like big boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, like you got to suck that up. Like mm-hmm. suck that up was probably the thing that I heard the most growing yep. up. Um, and, you know, and it's funny because it's not funny. But it's it's crazy to think that now I still feel the repercussions of that, man. Like, yeah, I can't like sometimes I can't feel things like and then sometimes they come crashing down like, yeah, you I know, you. like, you know, like a whole building just imploding yep. on top of you. Like there was an instance recently um, where, I, you know, I, I'm not going to really dive too much into the situation or the circumstance, but I did have this moment in my life where I felt like everything I've ever suppressed, like really just hit me all at once. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the most overwhelming moments of my life because I don't know what to do with emotions. Mm -hmm. I don't like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, I could have someone pass away, you know, and, and as much as I'm sickened by it, as much as I'm, as much as I'm feeling these things like grief Mm -hmm. and, you know, mourning and all these other things, like it's like, I can't show it. Yeah, and it's, I just don't know how. I don't know yeah. how without ugly crying or something. You know what I mean? And I don't even know if I can ugly cry because yeah. I suppress that too, right? Yeah. Like, no, nah, man, it's yeah. a, it's, it's one of those things, right? Like, because I actually, since you mentioned, I was like, I recently had someone tell me that I'm really good at like compart- compartmentalizing yep. yeah. or suppressing. Because mm-hmm. like I just want like I'll feel it for five seconds and then just like oh, okay, I got a place for you, bro. Open yep. that drawer, throw <laughs> it in, lock it up. You know, I mean, because uh, to be honest, man, a lot of the time, like. I guess as a guy, the the mentor is like, yo, I got stuff to do. Yeah. I don't really got time to address this. Like task, oriented. more task oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah solution-based thinking. So, right, yeah. right. It's, like, it's big with us. What what can I do to fix this? Let and me go ahead and do that. Yeah. And, and move on. It, journaling uh, is a really yeah. journaling, good yeah. way, right? Like you don't have to share that with anybody. You can, um, at least on the iPhone, you can lock your notes. Mm. So good note. Nobody, <laughs> nobody ever has to know like what you're, what you're like. It doesn't have to be 
perfect form and yeah. you know it can be poetry it can be just just do it for you nigga. damn i'm really stressed out today because xyz you know i'm personally i'm personally a fan of the exhaustion of thoughts like yeah. i like i like to do this thing where um i'll just start writing right and and sometimes what i'm writing doesn't even make sense it yep. doesn't have to make sense <laughs> i'm just trying to get it out of my head like yeah you know and sometimes like I'll a mind have, dump yeah like just a mind dump yeah. you know just sometimes there's no periods and no commas and yep. no nothing right it's just i'm just going run on sentence run just running just running running you know but no I, um and and to also uh to comment on that man like you know i think that it's so important to you know to consider um how like not how not only like is this help gonna help you but like I feel like it's also gonna help the people around you, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like um you know always keep in mind that like you know you bettering yourself doesn't just better you your situation or your circumstance it's gonna better the people that like rock with you too. Yeah, you know so if you got kids, um if you got um if you got a significant other, um if you just got friends that you hang out with um you know your your energy is always gonna rub off on them, mm-hmm. um you know your energy or you know your circumstance is always gonna like affect them. And I think that when you better yourself, you're also bettering the people around you. Right. Um, so so just keep that in mind, man. Like, don't just do it for you. Um, sometimes this therapy is for the people around you, right? Like, maybe there's traits about you that you're not very aware mm-hmm. of, but the people around you are. Yeah. Um, and and if you were better in that in that space, <laughs> you know, it would it would ultimately help them. So yeah, because sometimes your friends would be like, "Girl, you need some. You need to stop talking to us. <laughs> 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 you need to you need a professional at this point, right? And right. like yeah. trusting that." The people that are around you who, especially if they're, they're saying that and saying that to you, it's for a reason. Right. It's not that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just know, hating. I mean, yeah, people that right, love you. Right. Yeah. They love you. They want to see you succeed. They're, they see that you've been struggling and they want to get you better. They want Because as you get healthy, you allow other people around you to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. This was, um, this was a great conversation. Yeah, no, um, no. And I'm really happy we had it. You know. Um, Do you have any closing remarks? Like in the sense of like, um, get it off so heart. for people who are considering therapy, I, first of all, nothing wrong with trying. If you try it and you hate it, then at least you can say that you tried, right? right go yeah. play some ping pong. Yeah. 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 So I, therapy. I always suggest that you give it at least three sessions. The first session and maybe the first two sessions are always going to be like more of an intake, right? So like they're just gather the the therapist is asking you questions about your childhood and, um, you know, your family history, um, what, what brings you to therapy. So it's not really, you're not really getting into much of anything right in the first, maybe definitely the first session probably. uh, And maybe sometimes into the second session, but if you give it another, you know, session or two past that first initial intake, that's when you start to say, or start to see, you know, this person's giving me homework, right? Or this person's giving me um, some tips and tricks to try in my daily life that I can then see how this is affecting me, right? So people will often go in for that first time and dump everything like, oh, yeah, I'm good, right? But you haven't learned anything. All you've done is just tell your story to someone. And that for a lot of people is cathartic and feels good and they can go on and, and some people can be fine for the rest of their lives and then other people can be like, man, like I probably should have kept up with that and then, right. you know, they'll come back. But, um, so give it a few sessions. Um, you know, if you have insurance, um, you can go to your insurance carrier's website and type in your zip code and they will pull up a whole list of people who are in network. Right. Um, 
and you can, a lot of times there's like uh, pictures or websites that independent uh, therapists have. So you can go in there. Um, they'll list, you know, these are the type of issues that I deal with. These are the type of um, treatment modalities that I deal with. And a lot of it um, for people who are not used to therapy, it's, it's alphabet soup. It's like CBT and EMDR and REBT and all these different therapy modalities. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I don't. <laughs> yeah, alphabet soup over here. <laughs> <laughs> so like just different ways that they approach how they would work with you, right? Mm. Um, and and the other thing is you don't have to stay with one person. If you find that like, oh, therapy is kind of helpful, but I don't know that me and this person are clicking. Yeah, I right? mean, you can so always move. Something I, I, I had uh, one of my friends or one of our friends actually that's also a therapist mentioned was like, it's always better to find someone that's similar not background, but like some someone that can possibly understand your cultural, mm-hmm. um, connect like cultural uh, things that you've grown in. You know, as yeah. a as there's things that kind of I wouldn't white people wouldn't understand of us because we're people of color. You know, but anyways, right? right. Just yeah. finding someone that's close to who you are as a person. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who you feel comfortable because this yeah. is a person who ultimately you are. For some people, this is the the most vulnerable that you will be. Yeah. Right. Even past, you know, what you are with your significant other or the people that you grew up with or your family. I mean, yeah, because this person ultimately you can you can say anything to this person. Like, yeah. you know, they're I mean, they're, I, mean I mean, of course, not anything. But well, not anything. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm, I'm about to go do some wild shit. Right, but, right. You know, but uh, you know, but for the most part though, like you know, within reason, like you can essentially tell this person anything, right? Like, yeah. there there there's this confidentiality, of course, that you right. that most that most therapists abide by. Um, and uh. You know, I would hope all. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. I would hope. I would hope all. But but yeah. But you know, there is of course the confidentiality that you got to keep in mind that you know right. this person doesn't doesn't isn't going to tell anybody. Right. Um. You know, they really just want to hear about what's going on, and so you can you can be vulnerable. You can be vulnerable, and you can essentially you know get a lot off your chest. Yeah. Um. And and a, and a therapist's job isn't really to they're not they're not going to give you the answers. Right. They're just helping you work through. They're a sounding board. They're a sounding board. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, guys, you know. Guys, gals, anybody, <laughs> anybody that's dealing with a little, uh, with a little bit of, um, anything. Of, of anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, you're, if something's going on, especially, you know, if it's, and if, and if you think it's affecting you or even if it's not affecting you and you still think that you want to just have that sounding board anyway, um, this is something that we need to consider. You have one minute remaining. All right. So I want to rant about stink bugs because it's, the seasons are changing. And they're coming out of hibernation, and I hate them. Mm. I hate them with such a passion. The last place that I lived at, I, by myself, I would have to call my boyfriend over to come and get them out of the windows and things. Because they're just, there's something about the way that they look and the sound that they make as they fly around. Oh, it just drives me crazy. And there's no good way to kill them. (laughs) Right, right. Like you can't squish them because there's the scent that they like the pheromones that they give off. No, you don't like more. them. Right. So you have to it's like crazy. catch them and like let them outside or flush them or whatever. And I don't want to touch them because they're so disgusting. Mm. And it's just this vicious cycle where I just I <laughs> can't get away from them. Yes. I've, I've, I've had moments like that. And of course, in the house that we're at now, the only place where stink bugs are showing up <laughs> yeah. is in my little office. <laughs> Wow. So it's like they're it's like a personal attack. It is. Yeah. But I'm not gonna All like right. them so Three, they can go away. Two <laughs> one. Guys, um, I'm just gonna say that um 
make a motherfucking schedule and stick to it, man, because it gets tough out here when you're just trying to wing it, you know? Um, <laughs> hate winging it. I hate that about myself. Uh, I'm going to just throw it out there that, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like the, the whole idea of having a freaking schedule is so appealing. Like, when I say a schedule, I just mean, like, you know, like, I do a lot, right? And so I recognize that I need to have a little more structure. But if I'm being honest, I don't always have that structure, right? Like, I'm just moving, yeah. and I'm just trying to remember everything, and I'm just like, man, why can't I just, you know, stay on task? Like, why can't I just go ahead and do the things I'm supposed to do? Like, write this shit down, you know? Like, make sure that you have uh, reminders in your phone. And so, um, anyways, my rant is essentially just me uh, shitting on myself uh, for not for not doing better. Um, I actually have been making small attempts to like, you know, make sure that I'm like writing my schedule out a little to do list. I think that's what I've been doing lately. Like, all right, man, like at least wake up in the morning with an idea of what you got to get done today, you know, so that so that you are. Right, yeah. So that you, you do what you're supposed to do. And uh, and I'm trying. But damn. Yeah. Captain like, Captain Wing it over here. Captain Wing it, man. Like, why is it the humans we know better and we won't do better? That's just thank you for being on the show today. Um, yes, it was a pleasure. Um, I hope. That you guys, um, you know, were able to take something away from this. And um, Kendra, if you got anything you want to just close out with, go ahead. Nah, bro, she ain't getting that. Like, we already did that. We, we like, already did that? Yup. All yeah. right, bet. Fuck her. Yeah, uh, not for real. <laughs> <laughs> Rant out. Rant out. <laughs>